welcome back, art world. Thank you for uh, listening, as always. Um, before we begin, I have uh, my co-host, Lisa, with me, of course. What up, art world? And we have a very special guest, um, Jenny Thompson. Hello! So Jenny and I actually work together at the city of Santa Clarita. Jenny's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to talk a little bit about you? I would love, you know, that is the most fascinating topic. <laughs> Let me talk about myself. Um, I am Jenny Thompson. I have worked for the city of Santa Clarita for over 16 years now. I have been in the arts and events uh, realm world for all of that time. My job has uh, shifted over those years, and I am now the arts administrator uh, for public art, which I believe we're talking about today. We are. That's the main topic of discussion. Which I love this topic. I think it's super interesting and an area that a lot of artists I don't feel like really know about, or even like taxpayers, community members. Um, I mean, how many people really acquire art on such a large and uh, expensive collection? <laughs> Massiveness. Massiveness yes. that uh, you guys do. So this is going to be an interesting one. Perfect. Uh, let's just start off with the basics. What is public art? What is pa- public art? Um, like, on a basic level, public art is making a space or a community more attractive, more enjoyable to be around. Um, I know that sometimes public art conjures up these images of a, a man on a horseback, bronze sculpture in the middle of a park, um, but I feel that public art has really changed within the last uh, couple centuries. That centuries, wow, I really went really far. <laughs> I meant decades. I like, How long have you been for the city? <laughs> I've worked for the city How for centuries, it feels like. Let's go back to decades um, as I get hot and red. You can't see that over. But now my, they know. My and you now, know it's now really pulling back the curtain. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> so public art has become more contemp- contemporary over the last decades um, with a, a lot of. Um, social interaction or digital um, public art pieces. Uh, one that I believe that uh, that was talked about in the previous podcast episode was Cloudgate in uh, Chicago, which is um, fondly named The Bean, which is definitely a very socially interactive um, uh, piece. I love The Bean. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> and she refuses it to call it by its name. Yes. <laughs> the, but people won't know. They won't know. They won't know. But now people know. How do you think the artist feels about like his work was completely renamed by? Yeah, people. I wonder if he likes it being called the Bean. I don't know. That's I, a good question. Let's find out. Okay, well, yeah. send him an email. I will, I will contact you personally, <laughs> and I'll let you guys know. Actually, you know what? Now that this is going on, he'll contact us personally. Yes. And let us know. No. I mean, maybe not that we just, like, boasted about it. Like, right? you can come to us. And <laughs> it is a pretty neat piece. Have you, you've been to Chicago and seen it, right? I've been to Chicago uh, pre The Bean. No. Yeah. When was that? Uh, when so, I was seven years old. So oh pr- <laughs> prior to 2004 to six, somewhere yes. around there. Um, I have been there and was able to do the social interaction of taking your photo with it, mm-hmm. with all of the um, the flooring that's so neat and the, the, the curves of it and seeing the whole uh, um, 
building scapes is it's actually a very very impressive piece super instagrammable yeah super instagrammable <laughs> another instagrammable piece sorry about that no you're good um, is you know digital digital public art is really also becoming a forefront in in public art and contemporaneous there's a piece in san jose which is just remarkable it's called show your stripes and it is at, it's phone activated light work on the side of a building so you have a phone number okay. you type in a code and it has 300 light programmed codes that you can change from that's really the side cool of the road yeah, that's so, awesome. So that interaction, social interaction or digital interaction, is such a new thing with public art. I yeah, I love that. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how technology plays more into public art For in sure. the future. For sure. I think it's really interesting with public art that it's trying to create your own experience out of the artist experience. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, uh, so when I went to see the Bean um, in Chicago or Cloudgate, uh, whatever we want to call it. It was before Instagram, so we call it like an Instagrammable piece, but um, there was only Facebook around, so I didn't, I took a photo of myself in it, but I didn't post it anywhere, uh, but now with Instagram, it's so, such a perfect opportunity for the piece to be showcased so much, yeah. and I think it really was ahead of its time, like it was before the Instagrammable thing became a phase or a craze. I agree. You should wonder if that thought even crossed their minds and they're extremely good at what they do mm-hmm. or if they got lucky. Yeah, well, it's still very cool to see yourself yeah, in it. Yeah, absolutely. But then I think it, but it's I, so I mean, popular. But it viral. Yeah, because now you can Because of Instagram. the social media aspect. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Which I thought was really interesting and we brought up with Velvet Buzzsaw being so similar with the sphere. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very similar. And he's got other pieces, but the bean is still, I think, the most popular of his pieces. Iconic. Does he work yeah. strictly in um, public art spaces? I'm not positive. I'm okay. not sure either. Cool. We'll, we'll circle back. <laughs> and let everybody More know. research to be done there. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm assuming he does. I feel like he is a public arts artist. Okay. But I could be wrong. I would assume the same. Yeah, but I don't know. I haven't met him personally. <laughs> Someday. I look forward to um, you all doing your research. Because <laughs> I will not be Googling this. <laughs> uh, so one question um, that I have for you, Jenny, is why do you think municipalities, so cities, counties, um, should be involved in producing public art for its communities or their communities? Well, as Lisa said um, at the beginning, it's it's a high number. It's a high-budget item to have that kind of art piece um, for a community or f- typically someone's not going and picking out a piece like these large uh, Cloudgate pieces or the pillars at LAX to put in their backyard. Um, so it is a community identity and reflects um, history of a community. So I think that's why municipalities have really um, uh, honed in on public art. It makes for a community. It makes for an identifiable piece. When you when a film shoot happens in Chicago, I assume they go over the bean and you know exactly where uh, Millennial Park is and that it's in Chicago or in Paris you go over the Eiffel Tower which is a public art piece and you know you're in Paris so I think that those are recognizable pieces and why communities 
are um, the ones that produce them. Um, I know that the Philadelphia was in 1959 the first city to uh, pass a percent for arts, which means that any capital improvement project or any building that is made, um, a percentage of that goes to public art or an arts arts funding. Um, some are public art funds and some are arts funding, so performance art or theater, uh, music, those types of arts. It's amazing, 1959. That's all. So close. Yeah, so close. I know. How does an artist, I guess this goes for both of you, um, get into this area of work? Well, I think it's actually one of the most difficult areas for an artist to get into. I would imagine it's up there with like museums. Yes. Uh, well, actually, I think it's even harder okay. because, um, like, with our city's call for entries, we request that an artist has worked with two prior cities on public art projects. So I think it's really hard to get your foot in the door when you're first starting out. You almost have to do a couple very small projects to uh, get your resume and portfolio up to par to even compete and really you if you're just starting out you want to look for those emerging public art opportunities and even they have temporary public art opportunities and that's where I would start if you are really trying to like get your foot in in the door yeah tap into that kind of genre of art um, would definitely be to start on smaller projects um, look for opportunities that fit you I think sometimes uh, people do the shotgun approach mm-hmm. where they don't they just they just apply for everything instead of specific places or um, areas that actually speak to them or that their skills really um, can be highlighted in, and also possibly even work with a public artist that has already um, have commissioned work that they could learn from and know um, kind of how the business works of uh, getting their pieces out into the community. That's a great idea. I didn't you, think about that. Do you charge for your call? Um, our, our community does not. Um, a lot of cities do charge mm-hmm. a fee for submittals. Just to help, like... Alleviate, alleviate the... the shotgun yep. calls. Yep. And still, even then, they, I'm sure they get them. Yeah. And what would you say is the biggest mistake an artist makes when applying for a call like this? And I ask because we've talked a lot about artists not turning items in on time, Um, language used and a lot of times when they're applying to a gallery they're applying to people who work only in the art field and when you're applying to a city you may have people on your panel who aren't from an art background maybe they don't Mm -hmm. have an MFA Um, so what can artists do to not make mistakes and put their best foot forward in a public art uh, call? In in my opinion Mm -hmm. it's to be thoughtful to be thoughtful about what piece you are, what pieces you are submitting for review, and that the call fits who you as an artist is. Um, I completely agree when you were working with a municipality, uh, thoroughness and having all of your paperwork turned in on time and um, every, every applicable um, field filled out, because yes, you can be disqualified very quickly just off of not following directions. Um, but being thoughtful in what you're submitting, I think, is maybe that, that extra that, that the committee's looking for. Can you walk us through the process of, um, so we put out a call, 
And then we have um, artists submit with just their past work, right? So the process is very, very long. Very long. <laughs> um, it, it, it's a quick quick uh, three-page document that, that we as our municipality go through, but um, it is a very, very time-consuming and long process. So first, it actually starts with the capital improvement project, so the building that is being um, looked at in the community to be funded. That alone could take five to eight, ten years to even start to fund and to get into fruition. From there, uh, 1% is for our for our community is um, is dedicated to a public art piece. From there, staff, arts, public art staff will start working with CIP project staff to determine um, what location would be the best to display a public art piece for the public. So it would have to be um, accessible. Um, it can't be in a back room. It can't be in a side area that the public can't get to. So knowing and, and seeing where those pieces could fit and um, even um, our city uh, has a, a consultant that is available for questions and answers on the best location. From there, we assemble an artist selection committee and um, start to refine what the theme, what the community, what the Arts Commission, and what our city is looking for. A call for entry is developed um, with staff and our consultant and then sent out for um, for entry submissions. Uh, there is multiple submissions that we get, multiple, multiple, multiple submissions that we get. So being um, thoughtful, again, going back to, you know, how do you get your foot in the door on that? Being thoughtful, making sure that your, your fields are all filled out, your resumes are all filled out to be able to submit for this is, is a suggestion on that. Uh, from there, we go into um, um, an application breakdown to um, get a finalized list, hear from hear from the artist on what their proposal would be for the area, and it really goes on from there. I mean, just contracts and negotiations of the architecture and the consultants to um, where the piece is going to be laid out, what could be around the piece, and uh, time frame to get uh, the piece installed. So really, a project can take um, like two, three years to even come to, like if you're awarded a contract, it can still take a long process to get to installation. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. So I would imagine a municipality's um, budget is public record. Can you speak on how much um, budget would go to a singular piece or another city, what you might have heard they've spent on one? Of course, yes. Uh, so municipalities are public record. Um, you can look into an agenda item and find out very quickly how much um, the capital improvement project is estimated for and know what the percentage of the 1% would be coming off of that. Um, it could be anything from 500000 to uh, or five hundred to uh, $200,000. And that's supposed to cover everything from the manufacturing costs, because a lot of these pieces, artists have to go to a company to build, correct? Some do, some don't. Okay. So some um, engineer and manufacture their own pieces. Some work with a fabricator to manufacture their piece. Um, a lot of the cost is in manufacturing, um, engineering, making sure that the footings are all right, making sure that the stands and the piece comes out to be um, 
up to code of what the city or the municipality that is um, is purchasing this artwork to be. Who? So I'm sure uh, there are cities out there who have um, have a public art piece installed that the community hasn't liked. What? That's yeah. not yeah. true. What? Everyone, Everyone doesn't like all art all the time. Um, so what do you, who do you think has the most input in the process of um, figuring out what the public art piece should say or be? You know, that's a constant, constant discussion in our office as we are always looking for that both sides of the coin of making sure that the community has enough input and that our um, professional artists who who understand what is coming and what the next thing is to come to our community have that equal input of information. It's all it's always a balancing act and I can see how communities could get so far one way or so far the other way. And it also comes to the community. It's what the community will embrace um, in and I'm gonna say the wrong city and I apologize, the big blue bear that's against the building. San Francisco? Am yes. I close? I think so. Um, I can see that that is an amazing piece of public art. That is a brilliant, beautiful piece that works for that community. I'm not sure it would work for every community um, in, in, in throughout the states. So it has to really resonate with that particular community to be accepted. Um, more or less that way. And are there projects um, that you identify that you know probably need more community input than others? And then do you do like a survey or go out to um, the community in different ways? For public art, is we have an internal um, artist selection committee that is connected to the community um, for our city, for our particular city. Um, but but community input is always welcome. Um, you know, it gets agendaized to the Arts Commission, it gets agendaized to the City Council, and anybody can come up and give opinion onto it and help shape that um, that information. And I apologize, the blue bear is in Denver. That's my dad. Oh, Denver. Super cool. Yeah, I apologize for that. I just looked it up on we the Google. We'll post the Google, a picture of it. And it is a 40-foot-high <laughs> blue bear that is looking into windows um, in Denver, and it is... A magnificently beautiful piece. That's awesome. Oh, we'll post this for sure. Absolutely. Because I think what's important, um, and I don't know if people realize it, but city staff doesn't choose. We don't go through, and maybe other cities are different, but we have no say. We are just kind of the project managers Correct. that collect um, what our committee's our opinions are. Yeah. yeah, and then we make it happen, but it's not the city staff's role to curate a public art. Correct. Um, it's the community's role to curate the, the public art. Um, staff is here to facilitate the, the arrangements of submissions and calls and the paperwork side of it. Mm -hmm. yes. We love paperwork. <laughs> Everyone does. You love I think paperwork. every community does. <laughs> <laughs> Which that has to be a pretty cool position for you to be in, Catherine. Um, having the art background, I would imagine a lot of other cities do their arts departments have a lot of MFAs and someone in the art field. 
I would assume so. Oh, really? Yeah, when we go to American for the Arts yeah. uh, conferences, there's most everybody is in some kind of background of arts field. Okay. Um, even in our office alone, uh, our manager um, came from a film background, mm-hmm. Catherine coming from MFA background. Um, we've had multiple people in the past who've come from theater or dance, you know, or they have some kind of background of, of arts in them. Okay. Um, and some just come because they like paperwork, which yeah. is uh, more on my side. <laughs> nice. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do think these types of jobs, so working in the art field with a city, are very competitive. They're hard yes. to find. Um, so you do have those people that have the MFA, the passion, the for doctorate it, yeah. degree in art history that um, have those higher up degrees so that they can pe- compete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the conservation and maybe lifespan of public art pieces? Of course. Um, public art is uh, lifespan for our community is 25 years. So um, that is a bit controversial in uh, a public art piece being being from Europe, which is, you know, uh, centuries old <laughs> instead of decades old, to our communities um, looking at public art as 25 years. That's up to 25 years. So, of course, if the piece is still... Um, sustained and looks good. It has been upped, kept. Um, the weather elements haven't destroyed it. Then, of course, it would last longer than that. But contractually, because of uh, liability and insurance and all of that goodness that comes with having public art and having somebody else's creation um, in your community, uh, we in our community do have a 25-year limit, limited time. Um, that doesn't mean that it would get deinstalled within that 25 years. Uh, it's different for murals. Murals is a shorter time span as it can hit uh, outside murals um, as it the weather hits it a lot more. Um, so conservation-wise of it, we have a, a budget that um, keeps our pieces as pristine as possible and as... Um, visually uh, beautiful as possible within our community. And do you bring the artists back in to do touch-ups? Depending on what the contract says. Okay. So, so some artists will come back in within um, one to five years, one to three years, uh, and then from there on it is how the community or the city municipality would upkeep the project. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, speaking about, you know, what's in the contract, um, so I've had um, the opportunity (laughs) to um, write a couple contracts out uh, for some of our public art projects. What do you suggest for public art artists to um, know going into having to sign a contract? Like what should they be looking for is to keep their artist rights safe? Read the contract. I think a lot of people just sign things without reading it. Read the contract and um, you know, stay true to who you are and negotiate with the municipality that you are working with. Mm-hmm. I would say that, that I would say that for anything, though. Uh, I mean, if you're going to a museum or if you're going to um, perform on a stage, you should probably read the contract of what you're going to be u- utilizing. Yeah, 
as someone who just pushes, I I agree to this <laughs> yeah. on every kind of app upload that I have. Terms and condition. I'm like, yep, read it. <laughs> Didn't even print that out. <laughs> sure, you can have access to my phone yeah. and my Why not? photos. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will find it. I mean, at a certain price point, do you think an artist should have a lawyer to fully understand the, the language? Because contracts can be pretty... Yes. Difficult to understand. Yes. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that um, even at the lowest end, they have um, some kind of, of contract manager that helps them get through the, the contract portion of it, especially at the high end. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing a $200,000 project, you have somebody that has your legality signed for you. Yeah. And you need an um, engineer, right? Yeah. 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 So you have people to help you or you should be having people yeah. to help you you as the artist maybe um, <laughs> it's not as um, Jenny's an in-demand person <laughs> from um, and I quote my love yes I will read your phone <laughs> totally comfortable with that that's my squish my squish is wonderful um, we have uh, a date coming so oh, we are trying to figure out also we are um, redoing our house so he also wants an invoice from me too so. Your husband invoices you. No, no, no. He wants to... <laughs> that would be even better. I'm sorry. We're dropping the art conversation. Let's talk relationships. <laughs> so he invoices me. No, he does not. He's looking for an invoice for countertops. Sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Would that be awesome? No, 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 sweetheart. Just invoice me that. I don't, I don't have time for that right now. <laughs> I'm it's sorry. weird that it comes out of our same account, though. <laughs> Awkward, but you got to keep it official. <laughs> you do, you do. Follow your contractual language. As there's a contract involved in this. And marriage is a contract. I did not read. And just sign for sure. I know I did. Went to Absolutely. the courthouse. Like, yep, no sure. works. Sure. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> he's cute. And he's pretty adorable, too. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, so art. <laughs> Do we have anything else on public art? I think my last question for you was damage. Oh. Uh, I know. Damage. Damage is always a, a tricky in, in public art as pieces can range in value, in range in time frame, in range in where they are located to... Uh, either natural disasters or a car that comes and flies into a piece. We have a piece in our community that was placed in a median, um, which is a roadway in between two lanes. Yeah, not the move. And um, it was a butterfly. It was a designed butterfly by um, LT Mustard Seed, which is beautiful. She does wonderful work. She has a few pieces in Ventura also. And it um, got crashed into. Uh, we, as a city, looked at um, moving the butterfly to a better position, so it fluttered over to a beautiful park that we have and um, had landscaped around it. Um, it's a delicate piece, so we didn't want people to touch it, so there is a gate around our butterfly, um, but it's a low gate. It looks it looks like it matches the, the ambiance of the, the park setting that it's in. Um, but yeah, it, you know, damage can happen from that or from graffiti or from placement or from weather. Um, some... I, I know a lot of pieces get get hurt sometimes. Did you find that um, the community members had a different response to the butterfly piece when it was placed in the median versus when it was placed in the park? Completely. Completely. 100%. You are co completely correct. Um, depending on where things are placed uh, 
it, it changes the um, the it changes the piece. I mean, from even mm-hmm. a, a, a piece in a museum, if you put it onto a white wall compared to a, a bright blue wall, it changes the piece in um, of, of what it is. So changing the location of it also changed the piece and how people reacted to it. Um, and I also think that it was, it was some time that they had with the piece, so they felt more connected to it, especially when it moved, when it was first installed. There was... N- not as big of a connection but mm-hmm. once you see it a bunch of times and you you want to you know it becomes part of your community and um, I think with the move in the new location it became more a part of that community awesome I love that it fluttered to fluttered. the park. fluttered, yeah, it fluttered. <laughs> perfect piece to uh, find its wings and <laughs> fly. fly to its new home <laughs> <laughs> fluttered on over do you want to talk about the LA X pieces? Sure. Um, so, I found out recently that um, the pylons, or um, I would previously have called pillars, <laughs> to LAX is an art installation. Isn't it amazing? We could have done and our interview art. on the um, LAX you terminal. Know, we actually we took the mic there. We tested it out. Uh, too windy. Uh, it was too windy, and that I was sense. like, you know, it's transparent, but it's too much. Can the people hear us? Yeah. Yeah. All right. You I know? like this idea better. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> so uh, it is a kinetic light installation, um, and it's owned by Los Angeles World Airport. Um, and it was created in 2000, and the translucent pylons are positioned in the middle of the street. Starting approximately one and a half miles east of LAX, they are interspersed with two rows of tall palm trees. Um, they start small and then increase in size as you approach the air terminals. And I think it's a super cool piece. It's beautiful. It's won a ton of awards. Um, Award of Excellence, 2001 IESNA Illumination Award. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really cool piece. I have an issue with it. What's your issue? <gasps> oh. oh my gosh, I'm so excited to it hear this. It is titled Untitled. <laughs> and that is just such a cop out. So, uh, yeah. What would you title it? If you got Pillars. to name, if you got, you know what? Can Take we off. can we put it to the to the audience? Yes. Please yeah. tell us what, what you entitled. would name this if it wasn't titled like, untitled. Yeah. Can you put that Tweet on us. to something? Or uh, DM us on I just, yeah. Instagram. I feel like there's so many like it's all supposed to um, be about how like the plane like it's supposed to be like the movement of the plane taking off. There's words there you can use. Artistic <laughs> <laughs> words. Finding your wings. Fluttering. Fluttering. <laughs> Flying. <laughs> but no. Movement of some Untitled. Kind. Untitled. I love that you didn't know that it was a public art piece. No, and I would bet there's more people out there that do I think not. most people don't know. I would say most people do not know. It's become more a part of the L.A. landscape, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting when public art just becomes a part of what the, that is. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which it would be an interesting to also ask uh, the community out there at large in the I, um, 
the iRadio world. I don't know what this is. Podcast. I podcast world. <laughs> Obviously my first one. Um, it is to do a, is this public art or not? Well, what yeah, I, I'd be curious. I'd like to know that. If, what they thought of it. Public art? Not public art. And, I mean, because the community probably wasn't really taken in, into consideration as much since it was the airport that purchased it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was more about decorating the... Some, some areas do do have that yeah. um, the piece. Well, I, I you know I would imagine in your position you would consider more the community members and taxpayers take on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas but a major some, corporation will probably focus more on on what, what they, they want. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. And there is organizations out there that do that. Yeah, they they pick a piece because it's us. Um, it, it's. It makes the area sparkle more. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that means. It's aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> she's she's got the aesthetically pleasing down. It, conceptually. <laughs> <laughs> so right. uh, let's move on to featured artists um, for this um, podcast. We have chosen a public arts featured artist. And his name <laughs> is Jonathan Borda Borda Oskai Borowski. Borowski. It's the last name. I know. I'm sorry. Jonathan I made you B. Do that. You did. You I did. did. I got a grand. How do you say it I looked at you. Borowski. 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 There is some. So this is the rest of the podcast. <laughs> We do this a lot throughout the day. Well, there's a name I can't say. Leon, Leon Lee, Leon. Oh, Leilani. Yeah, can't say Leilani it to mm-hmm. save my life. Yeah, oh, that's man. a good name too. But it's I do it too. I cannot say um to to have a to to have a tree to have a tree to have to be. It feels so good when I can say it. Oh, we do it back and forth. <laughs> But I did see this last name, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Let so- me see this. Um, so his hammer, Hammering Man piece, um, Jenny and I actually uh, went to the American for the Arts Marketing Conference in Seattle. And we were walking around, and we saw this piece. Um, it's placed in front of the art museum there. Um, it's an older piece, 1991. The material is... Uh, Corton steel and paint and it's basically a silhouette of a hammering man it's uh, painted black and it uh, what's that word where it moves uh, kinetic kinetic it's kinetic so the hammer moves as uh, you're walking past it um, and it stands uh, where is it? Well, I would, I, I, if I'm eyeballing it, it's about four to eight feet tall. Oh, I'm glad you're eyeballing yeah. it. Yeah, I would guess about uh, 20,000 pounds. I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> 40 feet tall, uh, 30 inches wide, and 7 inches deep. So it's a very kind of skinny, tall piece. Yeah, the arms look to be about 10 inches, just eyeballing it. <laughs> just from your uh, yeah. expertise? Uh, I'm pretty good at that. Depth perception. <laughs> I don't think that's correct. Um, okay. What I uh, enjoyed about this piece when we discovered it is uh, learning more about Seattle's history. It definitely had this kind of 
um, celebration of the working man. Mm-hmm. And I think this piece really says that about the Seattle community. I agree. <laughs> um, this what, is the second hammering man he's, he's had in a public space. Yes, and he, this is not the tallest. Um, but the his, second largest. Yes. And his goal is to have several different hammering men placed around, all around the world um, in this type of celebration of workers. Um, I thought it was interesting. Um, I was curious about the um, movement of the hammer and if they have to, um, like, when does it reset? And it says that it resets early in the morning so that it does stop for a period of time and then we'll start up again. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. interesting. Seems like a great piece. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's cool because it is so big, too. Yeah. I like public art that is large. makes me feel tiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Awesome. So shouts to you, Jonathan. Yeah. Keep Brosky. making your uh, hammering men. Just hammer away at that. Mm-hmm. All right, news. Do you want me to start? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was asked to find two to find a news article, but I'm an overachiever, and I found two news articles. Oh, good. I'm going to well, save mine, then. You are starting oh, okay. off at um, a B, and based off of what they are, you might just get upgraded to an A. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so great. <laughs> Could you start with um, next time? I would like to come back Well, most people guest. start with, like, a C, but you're already oh, at you're a already B. A B. Okay. You I'd like are to have, like, maybe a number rating, and mm-hmm. then, like, as the podcast goes on, like, I get a number where I get... Or maybe star rating. Like I get a star or I, or I um, lose a star depending okay. on how my... Next time. Next time. We can discuss this more later. Great. As we've discussed names. That would be really stressful. <laughs> you start losing stars and you have no idea why. So you're just upset. spouting public art knowledge. Oh, I'm going to start doing that to people. Just silently taking stars away. <laughs> you could do that with tipping also. At a table, you know, just put all of your money. Isn't there a show That's that said funny. that? Just put like the whole twenty yeah. percent there, and like if you they don't come back in your water, you just take the one and put yeah. it into your pocket. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a different strategy on how people will spend in your food, but it is one strategy. It's one strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a fix so, I'm a tester. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure it's the best way to go, but it could be interesting. Okay, so my news article. So since we um, are talking about public art, I have two public art RFPs, which are requests for proposals. Um, Being in Southern California, I picked ones in Southern California, but um, there is one at uh, West Hollywood. They have an RFP for a 9x9 mural, um, and they are looking for images to be printed on a vinyl material. And if you want more information about this, check out packsocal.wordpress.com. I, I think so. I believe. If not, Google Pack Public so Art, <laughs> Art Coalition in Southern California. Where uh, do you find these opportunities, Jenny? Uh, this one I found on PacSoCal, um, but public art opportunities can be found on various sites. Um, our city posts on a, um, a website called Cafe, which is call for entries, uh, dot org. org, thank you, um, for the help there, um, as well as, as checking out American for the Arts. I know that their PAN, Public Art Network, um, definitely has an op- opportunity area, 
pack SoCal being in Southern California, um, not only does information for so Southern California, but does multiple states throughout the um, country. The other one is in Pasadena, which is another RFP of um, participatory and interactive works and experiences for an event. Um, they're looking for surprising and creative um, emerging artists are strongly encouraged for this one. And it looks like it's um, they're looking for a site-specific temporary outdoor installation that is for emerging artists. So as we were talking about emerging artists, also, these are also good places to look for um, new and upcoming projects that you can be a part of to add to your portfolio. I love that. And it looks like one of them is, uh, the Pasadena one is has awards, and the West Valley one pays you. Perfect. And you know what? Artists should always be paid. They should. So um, that, is my, that is also my, um, my end game to uh, public art. Everyone needs to be paid. A plus and a star. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank Great you. Work. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone should know I, I actually know Jenny pretty well. I'm not just being sassy with her guests. <laughs> but I, I do really appreciate you. Thanks for putting in the work and finding those new stories. Yeah. I'm excited to be on and thank you so much for having me. And your podcasts are going lovely and great. And I am so excited to be on for public art. And I can't wait to hear what else you guys have in store coming up. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank uh, you. Before we leave you, do you want to do it? Yeah. Y'all, shameless plug. <laughs> Rate, subscribe, leave us a review. Like, write one. Write one. <laughs> those don't are the best. Mash those five stars, but don't stop there. Be an overachiever like Jenny. Get leave an A+. a plus. Use all Honestly, five gold stars it, to your advantage. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not liking this, still give us five stars <laughs> and tell us how we can improve. <laughs> We're open to crits. <laughs> but, yeah. Just love us like we love you. It's all we want. <laughs> and follow us on Instagram under Art World Podcasts, on Twitter, Art World Podcasts, or visit our website, The Art World Podcasts. And we're also now available on SoundCloud. We are also now available on Spotify. Shoot. There's something with an S. Gosh darn it. <laughs> we look for them everywhere. Yes. Pretty much everywhere. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye.